Hello. Can you all hear me? Some of you may realise I am not Oliver. <laughs> he is, uh, he's not here tonight, as of an hour ago. <laughs> <You're here>. <laughs> Oliver! <laughs> um, so, in the true form of tonight's theme, it is incredibly improv. <laughs> um, and which got me thinking, before I start my little monologue, so that I get my speaker's nice and prepared. I'm going to need some words from the audience. So that we have a good few stories. So who wants to go? No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell your friends your deepest fears because then they will make them happen. So words for these guys so that they have a story to a uh, word to then promote a story. Public transport. Ooh. <laughs> All right, we've got public transport. <laughs> who wants public? Who wants transport? <laughs> well, but then what if there's like a better word that comes on later and then we want like Yeah, that's true. Okay, don't don't rush towards public or transport. <laughs> Just saying. Uncle. Uncle. The band or the uh, relative? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Anyone else over here? Bully. Bully. Oh. Are you guys all fighting over that one? Uh, no. No bullies. No bullies here tonight. <laughs> Anyone else? Wizard. Wizard. I'll take bully. Bully. Who wants wizard? Who wants public? Who wants transport? Who wants uncle? I transport. Transport. I'll take uncle. Uncle. Pub- public. Wizard? Uh, wizard? Public wizard. Public wizard. Um, I want to choose public wizard. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So while they, while they use those words and think up a, a good story, I'm going to do the ex-perennial thing that Oliver does and start talking. And uh, <laughs> when I was thinking about this theme, concept, um, I... It made me think about the fact that I grew up watching Whose Line Is It Anyway. <laughs> it was my dad's form of babysitting. It was, yeah, it's good. And I loved it so much. And then we've slowly stopped watching television, and I feel like in Auckland we're really getting back into watching things on stage. And it's so nice to see stuff that I used to watch on TV going back to its roots and going back on stage, which is why we're so grateful that Snort's here. <laughs> and also that it's here every Friday. Woo, promo. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm not a stage person. <laughs> but I'm doing really well. <laughs> and I haven't tripped over. And I've got Rod Stewart behind me on the paper. So it's fine. Have you guys had enough time to think about your stories? Have I talked enough? Okay, so they're all going to go one by one, and then I'm going to give them a little interview, and then we're going to hear another story. So that means you guys need to come up with some better words than what you just did. (laughs) All right? Okay, who's first? I'll go first. Oh, my God, you're so amazing. This is an interesting mic. Okay, um, I'm just going to stand there. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Um, My name... This is great. 
Um, uh, my name's Chris Parker, and I'm in Snort. Um, okay, bully. I'm just. I think I'll just sort of talk. I'm just going to talk about bullying. I don't have a specific experience. I mean, is this doing anything? <laughs> okay, bullying. Um, well, I, I wasn't the subject of any um, intense bullying at um, when growing up. I think the majority of the bullying that I experienced was through high school, and I think this is the same for a lot of people. Um, but then I didn't like, um, like, I don't know, I didn't really go like, I'm I wouldn't go home and be like, mum, I'm being bullied. Like I didn't, it wasn't like classic bullying, but people around, it was just like, no, it's just the culture of high school. Um, and then if I heard myself back then, I'd be like, that's not a culture. And you can stop that from happening. But I was just like, you can't stop, you know, 2,000 boys who masturbate four times daily, you know, <laughs> from doing this sort of stuff. But, like, the culture was, I guess, just, like, people, um, part of my language, which is about to happen, but people were, like, walking around the school and yelling terms like um, gay cunt uh, <laughs> and drama fag. And then... Uh, you would catch, like, because this became, like, common language in the school grounds, um, and being, like, classified as a, a gay cunt or drama fag myself, like it's a badge I wore, um, like, you would, you would begin to, like, own that language, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, um, just a couple of me and the drama fags, like, we're just, <laughs> oh, we're putting on, like, a, a, a rehash of Macbeth, um, we're all wearing black with red as a predominant color. Um, and so maybe like kind of fed into that culture a little bit. Um, have, have I bullied someone? By not stopping, then I have. Um, but it's true. When we were, this is a terrible story, guys. I'm just going to warn you. It's going to get, you're going to think I'm a horrible person. Um, but when we were growing up, when I was at primary school, there was this boy called Jonathan Petty um, who everyone bullied because of these reasons. He was blind. <laughs> and he had Asperger's. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So we, like, all the kids would bully this fucking poor kid. Um... Jokes on everyone else, because he was an amazing piano player. <laughs> like, incredible. And I remember at primary school, we got invited in to listen to him play. Like, they pulled us out of class. And me, at age eight, was like, well, it better be fucking good. <laughs> like, I want to get back to my reading. <laughs> Didn't. Um, and... Last time we got pulled out of class, it was because five girls, we got pulled out of, like, education for this. Five girls wanted to perform a dance to the Spice Girls. <laughs> and I saw Maddie Longley pipe Snickers. Uh, but, just a little subject to that. Um, but it shapes us as individuals. Um, this one, Jonathan Petty, we all crowd into the ginormous um, auditorium. You know, like a hundred kids all fidgeting. And Jonathan Petty walks in, um, you know, gives the cane to his music teacher. The kids are already sniggering because they're evil. 
he sits down and then smashes out Flight of the Bumblebee on the piano. And at age eight, I was like, pretty clumsy. <laughs> Terrible. It was, and I think back and I was like, that's actually amazing. Like, I, I haven't heard someone play Flight of the Bumblebee well who's an adult who can see, <laughs> let alone this like 10 year old blind boy play with exquisite ease. It was amazing. Um, but then I did become friends with Jonathan Petty in the end. Um, initially because um, I could, I only had to do a lap and a half of the cross country if I ran with him and everyone else. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. <laughs> and everyone else had to do three. Um, but then... But then... I don't know, like, I, I sort of sat beside um, him in with, uh, with him in class a little bit longer and then, like, totally forgot about that whole piano, like, thing. And it was just like, this guy's really awesome. Um, and what I saw him on the news not that long ago. So he's still doing great things. Isn't it funny when people from the past bump up in the news? People that you used to bully, or people who used to bully you. Um, done. <laughs> and now our comedy duo act. Jesus. Can we just dance a lot? Mm -hmm. so who's next? Oh, wait, we we're not being that. interviewed. No. No, we do it next. Okay, see ya. Sorry. I'll go next. Hello, Milai. Um, in Christchurch, there is or was uh, at least a very public wizard. <laughs> um, I'm from Christchurch. Most of the snort light up tonight is from Christchurch, and in Christchurch there was this wizard known only as the wizard, who lived in the square in town, or was always there at least, and did nothing to do with being a wizard. <laughs> um, he just would talk about politics all day, yelling at people with a staff. Um, he's a piece of shit. Uh, he, one thing, and I don't know if this is true or not, but everyone used to say about the wizard that he would get in his rowing boat Every time the census came round, he would row just far enough into the ocean to be outside of the borders of New Zealand so that he technically doesn't exist. <laughs> or something. I don't care. He's an idiot. Um, there's, lots of like, there's lots of like crazy... I don't know. I, I feel like in Auckland, I don't know if there is the same amount of like weird characters as there are in Christchurch. In Christchurch, there's another man called Radio Ron who still exists to this day, who I saw last time I was down there. Who He's known as Radio Ron because he walks around holding radio at all times. And one time, uh, he was at Rickerton uh, Mall Food Court, and <laughs> <laughs> this was after our last day of school. We were all eating KFC together um, to celebrate five years of high school. Um, <laughs> and, like, some of us left to go to the body shop or whatever. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and so there were some empty seats, and then... Radio Ron came and sat down in one of the empty seats and started eating all of their food. And that was like serious street food in Christchurch. Um, when I think about the wizard, I think about the square, though. Uh, and one, uh, uh, this is a horrible thing. 
This is a horrible truth about myself. When the Christchurch earthquake happened, I was uh, meant to meet my friend Hamish. We were writing a play together, and we were meant to meet at the coffee house in town at, uh, at 12.30. I think the earthquake happened at 12.33, but we were both a bit lazy, so we rescheduled to one. So I was just at home for the earthquake, and I, the, I'm a horrible person, but I kind of wish that I'd been in the central city for the earthquake. Um, <laughs> so that I could have experienced it properly, because I've got a friend who was like, who was there, and she was at McDonald's with her friend. <laughs> it was a very fast food oriented story. Um, uh, she was across the road from CPIT, which is a un- un- Unitech kind of thing in town, uh, and they were walking, and they had to like grab hold of a lamppost and watch like buildings come down around them, whereas literally for me, the February 22nd earthquake was me, and I was the only one home except for the m- woman who cleans my mum's house. <laughs> <laughs> we stood in a de- doorway together, <laughs> and then she and then there was some glasses broke. That was all that happened. So we started cleaning up some glasses, and then she she suddenly stood up and was like, "I should probably pick my daughter up from school," and left. And that was my experience with the quake. Um, but so the, the the wizard was always in the square. And when I think about the Christchurch Square as well, apart from that horrible earthquake truth about myself, I also think about. For some reason, this is the defining story of my experience in the central city of Christchurch. I was 18 years old, um, and we were on a we had a drama sock bus trip. Um, drama sock is like the drama society at University of Canterbury, um, and we'd just done Catch 22, um, and I was bloody good in it. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the character I played. Um, we had, a, uh, we had a, a bus trip, and we all had to wear, like, black and red or something was the theme. At the time, I was in a summer, summer Shakespeare of uh, Merry Wives of Windsor, the worst play of all time. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Uh, but we were on a bus trip. And so, so, <laughs> so at this point, um, I, was in, I was in a play with two girls. Okay, so I, in the play, I played, like, the young love interest, and there were two girls who played the young female love interest, and one of them was my Delia, who was one of my really good friends, but she, uh, she kept making fun of me because I was screwing up the kiss um, every time we did it, and then there was another girl call, called Brooke, who I was like totally nailing the kiss with every time, um, <laughs> and I think in my little weird gay man brain, um, where I was trying to be straight, I was like, this is what love is. Uh, <laughs> it's nailing the kiss every time, but then at the same time... Um, <laughs> There was another girl in the show called Brinley who played um, like a maid. Um, and we'd been friends for eight. We were like really good friends. And uh, we'd been kind of vibing on each other. Um, again, in a totally, obviously, I'm f- so gay. Um, this, <laughs> so we're on this bus trip, right? Um, and me and Brinley are hanging out most of it. And we, uh, we go to a bar called Mickey Finn's, um, which is like this Irish bar in Christchurch. It is so gross. Um, and and you, it's, one, it's like a teapot bar, so it's where all the tables are sticky. So y- <laughs> you drink like the pink juice from the, the teapots that probably never get washed in the little plastic cups. And we're drinking them in sticky, sticky on the floor. Um, and I was hanging out with Brittany all night, but then for some reason when I was dancing, uh, I was like, I should kiss Brooke again. Uh, because we've been kissing in the play, and if we kiss it, it'll be real. And then we like, uh, pash like full on. Um, <laughs> And then the next day, I was at work and I felt so bad about it that I, that was the day that I texted Brinley and asked her out. And then we went out for two years. Uh, <laughs> um, but the thing that I always think about, the defining moment of that evening in my head is me at the KFC, the iconic KFC in Christchurch. It was two levels. Um, it's right by, uh, I don't know what you call it, that little triangle thing with the kids' artwork on it. What's it called? 
the hack. Maybe not. I don't. I don't remember. What, I feel like there's a name for it, but there was like there was this funny like triangle slant, the triangle center. <laughs> but that was very close. Uh, <laughs> but I remember in that KFC that night, sitting across from Brooke, who I just made out with and thought it was like beautiful love, eating potato and gravy with my hand. <laughs> and when I think of Central City Christchurch, that is what I think of. <laughs> and that's my story. <laughs> Who's next? Donna! Transport. Transport. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about a couple of different transportation devices. The first one is the bicycle, <laughs> which I can't ride. <laughs> True story. <laughs> it runs in the family, I think, because my mum can also not ride a bicycle. We get on them, and we just fall straight off. <laughs> I think it's a thing I can't quite understand how it works. Like, I can't understand how it stays up. And you can explain it, but I still don't get it. <laughs> um, so that, I think, is, you know, your child transportation. If you're cool. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, and then, you know, you move on to your, 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 your car, right? And um, I remember being so desperate to drive because, to me, that was... I'm so nervous, my knees are shaking. Um, <laughs> that, that was like I could escape my horrible parents who weren't... They were the best, and I was a little shit. <laughs> um, and so I had this really cool Mazda 3. It was red. I called it the Red Dragon because I was real cool and put a dragon sticker on the back. <laughs> and I used to play the Mean Beats. <laughs> and I used to have my car seat real far back, and I drove like that. Oh <laughs> it's true. I remember one time, do you remember the show, like, Havoc and Newsboy? You guys went there too. Um, and <laughs> um, I remember we drove past them filming in a car sales yard, and OMG, was I in love with Newsboy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we drove past, and I was like, woo, out the window. And we were like, we're pretty cool. And then we got home and watched Having a Newsboy, and they were like, oh, rah, funny, 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 skit, funny, skit in a car yard. And then you hear me going, woo. <laughs> and then they go, what a dick. And I <laughs> still remember that blush. Um, then I think, you know, you, you travel and you, you go, you know, public transport a little bit in a, in a more exotic way, such as tubes and subways and two-story buses, um, which we don't have. We just have the cool bendy ones, which are real fun if you're eight years old and you want to play Look No Hands. It's a good game. Um, I remember I got bullied on the bus once. My friend, you know how you had the four-seaters? The four-seater 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming along, guys. <laughs> um, and we were sitting there, and I was like, and the King's boys were here, you know, and, and um, they were pretty cute. Um, and, <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty cute too. <laughs> I was so dorky. <laughs> I'm dorky is now. Um, and my friend pushed me off my seat and I fell right on my butt. And it was the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me because, you know, you're like gawky and like things are happening to your body. And <laughs> you're feeling the feelings. And you get pushed off a seat in front of boys who you're trying so desperately to be cool in front of. Oh. Um, but anyway, you move on to you know subways and, and cool transport, and I remember moving house from Mile End in London to, to Wimbledon, which is like the two most extreme places to live in London. One's like, you're probably going to die tonight, and one's like, have a cup of tea. Um, and we moved with all our stuff, it was me and my two other flatmates, and we moved with everything that we owned. So I remember like getting onto the tube with like bags, and I think I had a clothes horse like over my head. And it was just, we were like, well, this is just what you do. This is it's just what you do here. You're cool and you move on a tube. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's all I have for transport. Which leaves uncles. Uh, uncles, I can't talk to you the whole time, but I do feel obligated to just look at you at the start. So it's been done. Check. People here, check. And the lucky ones. Uh, <laughs> uh, uncles, for me, is... I had six uncles growing up. My dad had had four brothers. Has four brothers. He's got three now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it happened ages ago. We're all okay with it now. So, <laughs> I like yeah. I didn't say anything funny about it then, but if I did, it would have been okay to laugh. Uh, so bear that in mind for future reference in the story, or don't because it won't come up anyway. Um, <laughs> and my mum had one brother, so I had no. I had no blood aunts growing up. And uncles for me always existed in the, the, like, uncles and teachers for me are the two, sort of, as a, someone growing up, they were the two schools of grown-ups who, they were the ones who, like, in, in interacting and engaging with them, they're the people who I figured out that adults are fallible and they're not all just, like, ev like, through uncles and teachers, I discovered everyone's guessing the whole time. Whereas prior to this information, I thought that, like, if you hit fucking 16, you had it all on lock. <laughs> and, like, you just waltzed through life making only good decisions. <laughs> Um, and I guess through that I also learned about the fact that like and I also thought that families like everyone just got along all the time and it was all gravy and then you know you're growing up and then you see the mechanics of how it all goes and you hear your parents talking before the siblings arrive and you're like this is not <laughs> everyone's not all groovy all the time at all you guys are all <laughs> freaking out about this um, and th I, I don't know like I just through my relationship with some of my brother my dad's brothers like my uncle Matthew, for whatever reason, when I was pushing the boundaries with language as a kid, so you know when you first figure out you might be allowed to say shit in the house now, and like 
you're hanging out at home with mum and dad. I don't know how old you are. I don't know how old I was. Say nine, because I'm a rogue. And um, <laughs> and they've started saying shit a little bit in front of me, and I'm like, I might push the boat out with a curse here. And so I'm sitting at the dinner table, and I'm like, oh, hey, mum, <laughs> this corned beef tastes like shit. <laughs> and I learned an interesting sort of fact in that moment, which is it is okay for me to say shit, but as a nine-year-old boy, it's not okay for me to use the word shit to describe the dinner my mum just cooked for me. <laughs> and I took the word shit, and I sort of, and from there I remember, because that was, and we've got to leap forward a few years here, because otherwise I'm a real rogue at nine, but I heard the word cunt. Um, no context, I just suddenly knew the word was out there, and you know... <laughs> And you know cunt is a bad word because it's so punchy. It's like the punchiest word. Cunt and fuck are just like, pow! So <laughs> I feel! Um, and I had this younger cousin, William, who was like three or four years younger than me. And I, for the context of the story, I mean, there's no way I was 12, but what if I was? So I'll be 12. Uh, and he can be eight. And he had this annoying thing, which I used to do when I was younger, and I'd lose to people who were better than me at things, which was you'd, you'd qualify it by saying, oh, yeah, that's okay, because I wasn't actually trying. I'm going to start trying now, and I'm going to waste you. Um, and then so he'd say all this to me, and then once, I don't know how he did it. He was only eight, but he started really antagonizing me. Um, we were playing, like, you know, the tennis with the, like, paddle tennis, where there's a stake in the grass, and you've got two paddles, and you hit it, and it swings around, and you want to get it either the top or the bottom. Uh, and he was naturally very good at it, and he, he, I can't remember what he did, he did something which in my mind was a fantastic opportunity to unleash this brand new word. Um, and so he did something, he said something, and then I go to, oh, 12 year old me, fucking full of bravado, you're just a little cunt. Um, at which point my uncle was just hovering over the back right shoulder, and like I just knew that I'd said something inappropriate because there was this look in his eye where he was like, how do you even know this? <laughs> and I wish I was cool. And I was like, yep, I know it. And you're a cunt too. <laughs> Everyone in this goddamn place is a cunt. I'm fucking out of here. And I got on my little motorbike. and No, it didn't happen like that at all. I put my tail between my legs and just skulked around the bedroom for the rest of the day. It was around Christmas. And that was like being disciplined by an uncle. And then as I got older... Once 